You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back from our brief Memorial Day hiatus, back with another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Podcast. And dizzying pace to recruiting is the best way I can describe it, and not just at Michigan, but across the country as camps are going on, visits are going on, official and unofficial, and all crammed into a week that I, like, I've never seen in the month of June. That's why we are here to start breaking it down with you on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Remember, if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it, be sure to review it, tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts. Of course, you know, the lineup, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever their preference is, they can find the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And also don't forget, uh, even if you missed out on the 60% deal, you can still get in for your first month to the Michigan Insider for a dollar. So take advantage of that if you aren't already on board over at themichiganinsider.com. Speaking of which, joining me from TMI, as they do every single week, the dynamic duo of Steve Lorenz. Steve, how are you? Good, guys. Hope you guys are well. And Bryce Marich. Bryce, you, you got any any news you want to share with the people, man? Give it a little more time. <laughs> I'm not, that's not my news to break. I was okay, told. all right. I, I learned, you know. Uh, okay. So, that's... There, there will be personal news. Okay. Good news. So, gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. All right, so. Well, that, did, that didn't take long for uh, for her to get him in line, Steve. You lose control. Yeah, that's good to know. Congra- <laughs> congratulations. Right. All right, so. We were back out and about at the Ferris State. I know you went to the Eastern Michigan camp before that, Bryce, that had a couple of Michigan coaches out there. Uh, but virtually the entire staff was present and accounted for out at Ferris State, the Michigan Showcase Mega Camp, which is to sort of understand how it works, sound mind, sound body. They do all of the admin, so all of the invitations to the camp, all of the marketing for the camp contacting different coaches and seven-on-seven people. That is all sound mind, sound body. And then once the kids get to the camp, Fair State runs the whole thing. So it's a great setup for them as they get guys on campus that they never would have otherwise gotten. Uh, It makes sense for all the kids to go because they have exposure to so many coaches. So over 70 coaching staffs, 20 head coaches, including Jim Harbaugh. And as I said, almost his entire staff out there with a few GAs as well. And so, Steve, Bryce, you guys are out there. Let's just – your initial vibe of the camp. I know you guys have been to past ones too. This one just seemed a little better than the last few sound mind, sound body camps. The last couple were at Grand Valley. This one seemed to be a little bit better than those those last few, Bryce. Yeah, no, I, I think the turnout was great. Um, like you said, you almost had the full Michigan coaching staff there in uh, – Jim Harbaugh was a speaker along with several other coaches. Uh, and I don't know if it was me, Sam, and Steve. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but it seemed like he had more pep in his step. Mm-hmm. And I think – I don't know if that's the new staff. I don't know if it's just how he feels the season might go. I'm not sure. But it just seemed, compared to when he was there year one, I remember, his first year, that there was just a, a vibe, you know, that surrounded him and the staff. And it kind of – gravitated towards the rest of the campers, the parents, and even, you know, the commits as well on targets. So great turnout, great camp, um, tons, tons of stuff that came from it that we're still posting about 
But uh, yeah, I think in terms of Michigan being prevalent at this camp, it's huge. It's a must. And they were out in full force. And I think they showed it out as well. Steve, did you get that feeling? Because, you know, you were there for the little sort of media breakout session that Harbaugh has declined in the past. He didn't decline it this time. Yeah, I think we were all, well, the few of us that actually did get to speak with him were pretty surprised that, A, we got him in the first place, and B, we got him for as long. I think it was a good eight, nine minutes uh, that we got him. Yeah, I mean, definitely a different energy. Uh, I know a certain segment of the fan base is probably rolling their eyes. Energy does not mean that they will win more games this year necessarily, but there's no doubt he had a little bit of a different air to him than he has the last couple times I know that I've seen him. Uh, I thought the camp overall was really well run too. Uh, great, you know, Ferris State had a bigger campus, and I realized uh, that's for sure. But tons of prospects, and yeah, the variety of coaching staffs too. Uh, you had Tennessee, you had USC out there, sent a couple of assistants. I know you guys wrote about that with Will Johnson and stuff. Uh, you know, it was what'd you say, seventy overall? I mean, it's just a a much much larger. And it felt more well-run than the Grand Valley camps. I don't know. Maybe that's just it's, – it's been a while since we've been up to Grand Valley. But um, overall, yeah, for Michigan, the camp was a big success. I mean, they need – they're on the prowl, right? I mean, these camps feel pretty important for them, particularly defensively. I know they were in Miami last night, made a couple offers. Uh, feels like they're really looking for some guys um, this cycle, next cycle and stuff, particularly at linebacker, cornerback, so – uh, yeah, I think for Michigan, it had to be a big success. And, and yeah, Harbaugh's just vibe, I guess, was definitely a little bit different than what we maybe anticipated. Yeah, I, I think part of it is, you know, getting out and being able to do in-person recruiting again. I think all the coaches were sort of fired up about that, just happy to be back out. And then I agree with Bryce that I do think that he was taking a little juice, a little fire from his staff hires and their presence as recruiters. Because remember, this was this was right after Detroit Day, so they had had they had just had a lot of coaches and players on campus in the building, and a lot of those same coaches, those same high school coaches, were at that camp at Ferris State, and I talked to a number of them, and they were like, "Man, it, it feels a lot different at Michigan. I mean, we feel a lot more connected to Michigan, and it's hard not to feel that. I imagine if you you're Harbaugh, I wasn't there, and I was feeling it from from the assistants, but let's get into talking about the prospects, starting with the commitments. You know, Will Johnson, this is, you know, he shows up, he goes through some some drills. I didn't see him do one-on-ones. you guys see him do any one-on-ones? No, I don't think he participated in the one-on-ones. Yeah, I don't think he did any one-on-ones. So he was just there to go through the go through the paces of the drills. But I guess if, if there's a storyline with Will, it's that, it's that Dante Williams showed up and was, you know, kind of, it, it kind of making trying to make his presence felt a bit. I think he understands what it is. I, I talked to a coach there. I can say I talked to Sue. All right. So Eric Campbell at one point. And he he was watching the kid that they are not getting at Bowling Green. Like they are just no freaking way. They're getting the kid that he was watching. But he said, you know, I'm watching this kid because guess what? In two years, he's going to transfer. And then I'm going to have a shot at him. And I saw, there are coaches that are doing that now. Like, they know they aren't going to get a kid. They A kid might be committed, but they recruit him anyway because they feel like, I'm going to have another shot, another bite at the apple. So if, if you're Dante Williams, you're looking at Will Johnson, hey, if something happens with the coaching staff, 
maybe I'll have a shot. That's kind of how I see this because, look, I mean, whether it's Dion or Will, they have both been like, look, man, I'm I'm going out there because I, I haven't had any trips. I'm, I want to, you know, enjoy California. If they want to pay for it, knowing I'm committed, cool. Now, you don't – that doesn't mean you're totally comfortable if you're Michigan having one of your guys on another campus, right? But this is a legacy kid. Mom and dad went to Michigan. He's recruiting all these guys from Michigan. He's taking this visit midweek to USC just so he could be back at Michigan for another recruiting weekend to help recruit another guy. This, as as secure as you could possibly feel with a top guy visiting another school, this would probably be at that meet or understanding that you are never totally secure when you have one of your commitments on another campus. Right. And so, you know, that, that's interesting too. It reminds me that I think was it Mac Brown a few weeks ago said, Usually after the game, you go shake the hand of the opposing head coach. Now you're going to be shaking the hand of the opposing tight end, you know, <laughs> right. saying like, a great point. Hey, come yeah. play for us. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's fascinating though, the, how quickly the portal has changed everything. And, and that's, you know, an anecdote that really, it makes a lot of sense, especially for the Mac level schools. Right. Uh, for me, player wise, couple things, but Devonte miles that we talked a little bit about him while we were out there. Uh, he looked physically different. Mm-hmm. He, he, he looked good in the one-on-one drills. I know the one thing I wrote about right after camp that I know fans really, really liked. And if you're a Michigan fan, there's no reason not to was when him and Amir Herring got tangled up. <laughs> he heard that random voice. I didn't even know who it was. Some kid, you know, it was like saying, uh, you guys are both Michigan commits, like get used to it or something like that. Right. Uh, Herring, obviously not committed to Michigan at this point, but somebody we have felt pretty good about for a while. Uh, the other two things, thought Jonathan Slack out of Detroit King looked really, really, really good. Uh, that's a guy I can't imagine Michigan's not going to move on at some point. I, I, you know, I don't know if he's supposed to camp. Maybe he, did, he didn't mention camping at Michigan. I did talk to him briefly. He didn't mention camping at Michigan, but either way, looks legit. And then also Michigan actually – and this is where the value of these camps are. They've been recruiting Dylan Bell at running back for months – they watched him play receive. They watched him do one on ones at receiver for like five or ten minutes. It was Gaddis and Hart watched him, and now they're recruiting him at receiver, uh-huh. which is interesting because they the receiver board appears more wide open now than it has in quite a while. You got Caleb Brown committing to Ohio State yesterday. Uh, Darius Clemens cancels his Michigan official visit. You know they they need somebody there. Thought that was interesting to shift course in that recruitment in like a matter of like six snaps. Penn State did the same thing. Uh, Penn State also recruiting Dylan Bell at receiver now as well. So uh, those were kind of the, uh, the player. Oh, and then, well, I mean, watching Dante Moore, it's the first time I've gotten to see him throw live. He's, I mean, he's he's legit. I mean, not that that surprises anybody, but getting to see him live and uh, watch him throw a little bit was, was pretty entertaining as well. But yeah, some good in-state kids. The in- in-state group, pretty strong, especially in the last 23-24. Uh, look like there's some good kids in that class. Uh, but, yeah, that, those are probably my biggest player-ish takeaways from it. Yeah, I thought Slack was really impressive, too. I mean, he to me, Jonathan Slack was one of the top performers. He's listed as an offensive tackle. Uh, I think, you know, for, for Michigan, he, he would be an interior guy. Uh, there may be some schools that are, are recruiting him as that. I, and I don't know how married he is to being on the outside. I do know he has some Michigan interests. I do know he has been – uh, in communication with Michigan for over a year. It's not a new thing. Uh, but his strength at his size, he's about 6'4", 
275, 280. Uh, and, you know, watching him really hold up well physically against some bigger guys, to me, was, a big, was, was, was maybe the most impressive part because you expect him to move well. You know, he's nimble. He's light on his feet. He's athletic. How strong is he? He's a really, really strong kid, and he has the mentality to match it. Uh, I thought he was the top O-line performer there. The uh, Devontae Miles, and I know you got a chance to talk to him, Bryce, body was much better. And I, I really think the coaching change and this new staff coming in and kind of talking about where, how he would fit in the scheme – is a part of that. This is my speculation on the matter because that that kid, it, he had a physical metamorphosis as far as I'm concerned. He looked looked in great shape. Now, still needs to continue to grow his technique. He's a big physical guy right now uh, with a good motor, but as far as his his counters, his hand moves, you know, spin, swim, all that kind of stuff, you know, those are are things he's going to have to develop in time. But at least the raw clay is there, Bryce. 6'5", 270, lean, mean tackling machine. I mean, he looked completely different months ago since I saw him, and he credited that towards basketball. But he also said, listen, Michigan and every even his head coach, Coach Parker, made it very clear, you need to get in shape. Mm. And he took that to heart, and we saw it just from in registration. And then when we saw him out there, it looked like he had extra gear, he was moving really well. And I told Steve this too, because I've seen him, you know, doing it once before. But I love when he got into a, a mirror herring and showed like, hey, I'm not backing down from no one. I know I'm the Michigan guy. I know I got a bullseye, a target on my back. But guess what? I'm here to show everyone. It's not just the Will Johnson commit show out here. It's also right. Devontae Miles. And he proved it as well. Well, that point you just made, though, I want to seize on what you just said, Bryce, that he said – that Michigan and Coach Parker, Corey Parker, who's one of the top coaches in the state over at Rouge, said, you you need to get in shape. So let, let's parse that for a minute. New staff. When new staffs come in, they don't necessarily always maintain the commitments, right? So, and, and there's a new scheme. And they're saying, hey, you know, this is where we see you fitting. And this is how, this is where you need to be in order to fit there. There was a, there absolutely is a, absolutely is a message in that, Bryce, that you, and so that he, A, talked to you about it, talked to you about it, and then B, he executed, because how many times, and Steve, I, I know you guys, every year we see guys show up out of shape to the combine. It's like, what, you know when the combine is. You know this is when the scouts are going to be looking at you. This, this says something to coaches about discipline, about commitment that you have this date, and you didn't show up in shape. So here is Devontae Miles as a senior to be in high school getting a very clear, hey, this is the date that we're going to be watching you. We're going to be watching you in June. You need to be in shape. And I'll be dead. He was in great shape. He was in terrific shape. So it's why, you know, if you watch the one-on-ones and you, and you see, that, like, you know, some of the technical pieces do need to be honed, make no mistake, but it, I imagine the coaches were very encouraged by how, the discipline he showed to get himself in shape. You can teach him the rest. You can teach him pass rush moves, right? He, he's big. He's physical. He's athletic. You can grow from that. How about this? 
I thought the the top performing defensive lineman was a guy who hasn't played a high school snap. Caden Strayhorn, I he was fan, and and you can I could hear the coaches around buzzing, like the different coaches, like man, this, that dude right there is the real deal. Young kid, Detroit Catholic Central, uh, all came into the camp with an offer from Michigan State, which I'll explain coming up. But then picked up Pitt, picked up Syracuse. Michigan loved him, invited him to camp. He got offered at Michigan's camp on Sunday. Hasn't played a high school snap. 6'4", 260 already. Alan True said he looked just as good in offensive line drills. He's going to be a two-way starter for Catholic Central as a, as a, as a uh, freshman. And the word was, the word I was hearing among the high school coaches, like, man, we thought he was going to go to West Bloomfield. So if Ron had been in high school, he might have had this dude. But the point that I'm getting to is Michigan State is out front early, in my opinion. He's not claiming any leaders, saying that he's wide open in his recruitment. I'm saying that Michigan State is the team to beat because of his very, very strong ties to that program. His dad is a former captain on the line. His dad is the color commentator for for Michigan State uh, Spartan Radio Football or Spartan Football Radio. So, you know, there's some there's there's legacy. There's there's family there's familiarity. There are all those things that other schools have to get over. But if you're going to do that, Steve, you better start doing it early. And Dad, Jason Strayhorn, made it a point to get Jaden or get Caden up to camp on Sunday, and he earned that offer. And they say they're going to give Michigan a look. To me, he was the top performing lineman at the camp, D lineman anyway. Fascinating. So 2025 just looks like a big child. You know, some of these kids, you know, it's like when you're talking about, like you said, hasn't taken a high school snap. Um, he's like already this just borderline the size of a college lineman. But in the face looks like a, it looks still looks like a kid that hasn't played high school football. You know, it's always it's uh, fascinating to watch a kid like that dominate. And yeah, I mean, got to think national recruit uh, as this goes forward. There's almost no way uh, that he's not going to have his pick. Uh, of the litter uh, at the end of the day. And yeah, I mean, this feels like for Michigan state, like a Will Johnson for them sort of when the time comes, right. When, right. when we get closer to that cycle ending, like this is one where if you're Michigan state, you got to get this kid. If you're them, I mean, his dad, you said his dad's a color commentator for the games. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just, like I said, biggest thing for me is just, I, I'm always amazed uh, at how big physically some of these young guys are. Um, he was still not half the size of Jacob hood. <laughs> which I still can't get over that. Um, yeah, I was like, it was huge. Yeah, you knew that he would be there. It was like, which one is he? It's like, really? Yeah, he's, he's he a guy. Is? He's a guy that I can stand next to, and there still be social distance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's not, that's not he's, he's safe. Uh, he's safer. That he's safe automatically. You know. So, um, but yeah, that's why I said like talk a little bit about how strong some of the in-state younger prospect. You talk about Nick Marsh. Yeah, Bruce kid, man. He's another one, took one rep, and it's like, yep, <laughs> this guy's going to be a problem for sure. You know, and so for Michigan, I think we had talked a little bit before, you know, keeping Devontae Miles in the fold and, and keeping that relationship warm, I think, is, is in their best interest in that recruitment probably. Um, and, yeah, I actually ran into Corey Parker. I've only talked to him a couple times. He actually was uh, kind of came in, discussed, and was talking about Devontae's uh, – the work that he's put in this offseason about calling him every day to open up the gates – to go work out at, at the high school uh, said he's been calling him so often that it's annoying 
just in a sarcastic way, obviously, but uh, that he's really has put the work in. And I don't even think he knew I was a Michigan guy. Like when he just kind of came and started talking to a few of us about it, we said he was one of the better guys out there to, uh, that day and stuff. So thought that was pretty interesting. And, uh, but yeah, no, some of these young guys are, are pretty fascinating in state. Yeah. I tell you what, another young guy. So we can, Nick Marshall, you pointed out a Rouge receiver. They call them baby Megatron, you know, a 2024 kid. We've talked about a ton, had a story on him on the, on the site. Likes Michigan early, but it's, it's open in his recruitment. Uh, the Wolverines have an offer on the table. Uh, Carnell Tate was there, and he just looks like a he looks like a man amongst boys. Former Chicago Marist standout. Now IMG Academy, two years of high school left. He talked about how you know his connection with Michigan because Steve, I think you made the reference to all the Michigan stuff that he wears, and he said my boys are JJ McCarthy and AJ Henning. They're always giving me this Michigan stuff to wear, so. You know, those are my guys, and there's a Chicago to Michigan pipeline that I I really like. I thought that physically he was the most imposing receiver out there. Maybe Nick Marsh a second as far as imposing figures. But the most electric guy on, on the field to me was a guy that Bryce singled out at receiver. And I'm telling you, I, I agree with you, Bryce. I mean, you did the write-up on him. I wanted to let it stand alone. I think Samaj Morgan is going to be big time. I think he's going to be big time. Yeah, he's 5'10", 170, and people are buzzing about him because, you know, coaches say this and other people say this, but if you're even, you're leaving, they said. And a lot of times he was leaving a lot of defenders. We were watching one-on-ones, and I watched him at the Eastern camp, and he did the same thing, and I heard he camped at Michigan State and impressed there too. And He camped he, at Wayne State, killed it there. And a lot of people, and I could kind of see it, said they remind they're reminded of KJ Hamler. That's a perfect, when you watch perfect him. comparison. Perfect comparison. He's lightning in a bottle. The kid is electric in the open field. He plays at West Bloomfield, which sometimes you get overshadowed because there's quite a few talented prospects there. But he's the kid that I think in meantime or down the road, he eventually will have a Michigan offer. I think he fits I mean he definitely fits speed space. He's, you know, someone who can run with the ball. He can come out the slot. He can do several things. And he's a guy that, ironically, one of his first offers was from Ole Miss, Chris Partridge, who's been pretty prevalent in the state of Michigan offering kids early. And he saw this kid, and he's like, man, this is one kid we definitely need to offer early. So <laughs> he stood out, especially at the camp, quite a bit to me. The other thing, too, it's a little off the camp, was talking to Amir Herring and Dante Moore, was about Detroit day and seeing those guys, Dante Moore was supposed to go to Ohio state that day. He said, I can't miss Detroit day. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. You know, and Amir Herring went to Ohio state that day and he said, come on, it's Detroit day. I can't miss it. So he drove down to Columbus in the morning, hey, back up to Ann Arbor, just so he can make Detroit day. Hey, dude. So if we're talking about, again, that's one big storyline. The in-state recruiting presence that they've developed there is 10 times better and might be the best it's ever been under Jim Harbaugh. It's I think strong. Your, your spot, I think you nailed it. Because now, Dante, I want to be quick. I got a, a story coming with Dante that is a banger. Because uh, his, I said his dad was a, a Michigan fan, right? A big Michigan fan. I was wrong. I was absolutely stone cold wrong about calling his dad a Michigan fan. He I'll said, show you. <laughs> he said, he said, Dante said, no, 
you calling my Michigan my my dad a Michigan fan is an understatement, a drastic understatement. He is way more than a Michigan fan. I mean, this dude, this dude literally wears Michigan on his arm, like literally. He is beyond that. But to your point, Dante did come to Detroit Day. He was tentatively planning to go to Ohio. He wanted to. He wanted to make it clear. It's not like I canceled firm plans to Ohio State. He wanted to soften that narrative a bit. So I get it. So I want to respect that and say he didn't cancel a firm plan, but he he was talking seriously about going to Ohio State that day. And the reason he didn't was because he wanted to be a Detroit Day. Now he'll go to camp at Ohio State down the line, but he couldn't miss that day. Amir Herring goes to Ohio State, comes back to Michigan that day. And how about this? A lot of talk about Belleville. Right. So Michigan, they paid a lot of attention uh, at the camp to Jeremiah Caldwell, the the corner who the corner safety, who I think Michigan is still in a, you know, I, I think it's still an eval. You know, I know that he comes in with the clink scale offer at Kentucky and Moling was offered him before he left. But I, I think they are in the process of figuring out the fit. He's a kid that's he's a long kid, about six, two and a half, six, three, you know, 190. Had a good day at Ferris State. Knows how to use his length to his advantage. Very instinctive. But what I heard the coaches and scouts saying is, how fast is he? And you know what? You know, the reference that eventually came to mind as I was talking to the coach, and Steve, you'll appreciate this Tease Tabor. You remember Tease Tabor with the Lions? All former Lions stud cornerback. Yeah. yeah, so he was he was Tease Tabor was a second round pick out of Florida. Long guy, six two, six, six two and a half, about one ninety, but he was a four seven forty guy. He was a four seven forty guy with great instincts. Now, uh the talk around the draft was, man, this dude is a safety in the NFL. You know, you can't play corner in 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 the pros at four seven. Maybe you could do that in college, which he did effectively. I think Michigan. I don't know exactly what what Jeremiah Caldwell runs, but he's not a blazer. We know that. So I think the the eval is: Do you think he's a corner in this scheme? And if not a corner, can he make the transition to safety? I think that's where they are with with Jeremiah Caldwell. But whether it's that uh, that recruitment. Or Jeremiah Beasley, the sophomore linebacker that Michigan watched at that camp. He was at Detroit Day the day before, came to camp Sunday, earned an offer. And then there were two under-the-radar guys that Michigan really seemed to hawk a lot. A couple of linebackers, one Cam Dyson that they spent a lot of time with, and then Antonio Alexander, another kid. Now, he showed up at camp. So this is, this is Jermaine Crowell. Picking up guys who Michigan just saw. They were many of these guys were just at Detroit Day. They just saw him at Ferris State. Then he picks, he picks up and brings them to camp. Jermaine Crowell, the coach at, at Belleville, bring, brings them to camp on Sunday so they can work out for the Michigan coaches again. And I heard Antonio Alexander in particular ran really well. I think he ran like a four five, four six forty. Uh, so a guy to watch, as is Cam Dyson, I think it's a matter of watching film. But it gets back to your point, Bryce, about the feeling, the mood, the vibe in state just being different across the board. You know, I, I mean, it's Belleville alone 
showing that kind of attention, uh, you know, getting his prospects up to campus. Put it this way, Steve, Jermaine Crowell didn't bring his kids to camp a couple years ago. He brought them to camp this year. That in and of itself is news. Absolutely. And, you know, we know Belleville still every year is going to have guys that Michigan's going to want. So that relationship remains important as it always has. But as we've said now, I think it's in a better spot than it has been uh, maybe ever under Harbaugh, right? I mean, it, just, it kind of feels that way. Yeah, Alexander, definitely a name to watch at linebacker. I know Michigan, even during check-in, uh, was kind of eyeing him a little bit. I know, I believe Hilo has had contact. There's been contact there before the camps and stuff. This is a guy they've known about for a little bit now. Uh, so he, as we know, I think Michigan on a mission to rebuild that linebacker room, mm-hmm. Uh you know, I, I think he is a name to watch. I know Alan and I talked about Alexander briefly. Alan's thing was, he said, Belleville's produced guys that have come out of nowhere almost every year. Like, usually they end up at, like, Iowa or something. He said, this could be that – Alexander could be that guy for them this this year. You know, and so they get a long wingspan. You said he ran great at camp. Those are two really good signs for a kid that, you know, could be a totally under-the-radar guy. Uh, that Michigan may make a run at or, or extend an offer to. We'll just have to see. So, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, uh, in-state stuff we've talked a lot, a lot about, you know, and, and it feels in a better spot than it ever has. Almost a just an embarrassment of riches as far as like the different guys they can throw at prospects. You know, we've seen clink scales, the reaction to the clink scale hire um, has been super, super positive. And you know what? Belleville has uh, Underwood, the other, yeah, the real, right? He transferred to, Belleville, uh, 2025 quarterback that Michigan extended the offer to. So, so yeah, I mean, it is a topic that's been sort of beaten to death, but it's it's there's still new things happening there, and that we saw that at the camp for sure, very noticeable, and uh, things seem to be trending in the right direction for Michigan uh, as far as Belleville goes. And absolutely, it is absolutely it is, and I, I think you see the the additions of of Mike Hart, but really. Really, Ron Bellamy and Steve Klinkscale, uh, you know, have done their presence has been a part of bridging a gap, a relationship gap that really emerged when there just weren't any coaches on the staff that they knew. Um, And now they do. Now they do. And like you just said, Steve, I think it's a spot on take that it's the best it's been, at least since Tyrone Wheatley was here, at least since then. And. When you consider the number of guys they have now that have connections in state, I agree with your assessment. Probably the best it's been under Harbaugh from an in-state perspective. You know, you you fast forward into the weekend and you get to that camp where Caden Strayhorn, the 20, what did you say? He's a 2026 or 2025, Steve? Yeah, 2025. 2025 to a lineman. He earns an offer at that camp. Jeremiah Beasley. Uh, 2024 linebacker from Belleville. His brother is Malik Carr. But this is this is different. I think with Jeremiah Beasley, not Caldwell, Jeremiah Beasley, I think Michigan has a great shot. I think Michigan, my opinion, my opinion is the early favorite for, for Jeremiah Beasley. I just think that, you know, that kid uh, known as his pops for forever, I just think there was a giddiness about getting that that Michigan offer. He has Michigan State, too. He has Syracuse now. He ran really well. I think he was like 6'1". I have a story coming on him. He's like 6'1", about 205, 210, 
ran a 4-6, really, really moved well coming off an ACL injury last year. So Beasley is one to watch. He'll be one in that class. But, you know, the question would be, to your point, Steve, about Alexander's like, man, they were eyeing him. He looked good. He ran well. They said he ran into four fives. Why didn't they jump on him right away? There was another kid at camp from out of state named Deuce Spurlock. Deuce Spurlock from Alabama came in, and when they said he was great at camp. I mean, I talked to other parents, other kids at camp, and they were like, man, this is a kid from Alabama who was killing the game. And it was Deuce Spurlock. Uh, and kind of an under-the-radar guy from the Huntsville area down in Alabama. Uh, there was some talk, some chatter, some buzz about Boston College. You know, he's starting to emerge as a prospect out of that state. Mississippi State's offered as well. I think there's another there's another school down that way that's on him. But Michigan liked him enough to really just go on him at camp. And I think it was, you know, were it not for him, in my opinion, I, I think maybe uh, they would have moved on Alexander already. I think you probably just have a little more film on Spurlock right now. Who's to say, Steve, that down the line – these might, they might go on both of these guys at some point if, if Alexander shows on the field in games like he shows in workouts because, like you said, he was really impressive. That, so from a actual Michigan football standpoint at the camp, the birdies chirping around the camp all day, the biggest takeaway I had was that, yeah, I mean, linebacker is something that they – are really looking to turn that room around. Uh, they want to get big. They want they want big and athletic, not big and slow or small and athletic. They want big and athletic, and that's where seeing guys in person and yeah, just the sheer numbers. You talk about wingspan. You talk about forty times and stuff. Uh, that's where they really want to rebuild that room. So I'm kind of curious. It's going to be interesting to see how it pans out. They have Jeremy Patton up this weekend, by the way, a top top target for them at linebacker was at Texas last weekend. I know he's a guy they've put a ton of effort into. Um, and there still are the other guys like Lander Barton. Um, uh, Joseph is more an outside guy, but uh, maybe Sebastian Cheeks. Bryce would probably know more about that one. But, um, it, you know, they're just looking to get bigger and more athletic there. And and, and so it, it's a situation where I'm going to be interested to see, you know, ranking rating-wise. We've talked a lot about this cycle. It's going to be tough for our analysts to, like, really get a great grip on every prospect um, these camps this summer will be huge, but, and this isn't like setting up for like a excuse thing, but I, I just wonder if they're going to take more under guys that maybe don't have the extensive recruiting profiles that they may have had in other cycles. Cause you talk about getting to see people in person. Like I said, they had one of their top targets. They were recruiting at back. They switched their, their, their whole thing on him in, in less than 10 minutes after watching him. I mean, that's the value of getting to see a guy live and in person, you know? And so that's where it's going to be really interesting. You know, and seeing them offer a kid like Spurlock and the interest in Alexander, like I said, no, I know they're really, you know, I was asked yesterday if the 21s that they're bringing in are good, will they go light at backer in 22 and go heavy in 23 where they're in early with some pretty good guys? And I, I don't think so. Uh, I think they really want to get that room like completely transformed as, as quickly as possible. So um, I would expect bigger, athletes is mm -hmm. really the theme you're going to see now for them at linebacker. Not so much about instinct on Phil. You watch a kid who, who makes the right read. I think they're going to, they're going to focus on big athletes that they can teach. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of confidence from Mike McDonald, George Hilo, that they can, they can coach and teach these guys to become, 
these big athletes to become good football players. Yeah, um, I'm interested. I know Steve Wilfong caught, caught up with uh, Michael Pollard, Bryce, but I'm, I'm certainly interested uh, for when you get a hold of him to kind of see, because he seemed to have a great visit. Seem to have a great visit. But let's let's pause here, and we'll come back on the other side, and we will talk quarterbacks. We'll get into – this is a very interesting time for quarterback recruiting because we just had an episode where we talked about, um, you know, Connor Harrell kind of rising up the board, right? I mean, things are, are looking like the pendulum swinging. And then Justin Martin, who they offered and who showed up for a visit on Monday and really looked good, is really high on the radar. And then, of course – the guy we've been talking about the longest, Nate Johnson, is like rising like a phoenix with his performance out at the Elite 11 in Cali. We'll get to that on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. And we're back here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And, guys, I did it in the sort of laid it out in the lead in that we sort of talked about the broadening of the perspective as far as quarterbacks. They weren't just focused on Nate Johnson. And it kind of felt like maybe things were skewing in another direction. But, Bryce, eh, you look at this most recent video of Nate Johnson and you're kind of feeling like, well, wait a minute. Not so fast, right? <laughs> you know, Nate's not just an athlete. And we said this. You know, Michigan never looked at Nate Johnson as just an athlete like maybe some other schools did. But it's easy to be mesmerized by his his athleticism because he's a 10-400 meter, 21-3, 200-meter guy. Coach comparing him to shoelace. All of that screams athlete as opposed to quarterback. But he showed at that Elite 11 showcase that, man, there's a whole lot of quarterback in there too. Interesting enough with him, he's from California, so their season was pushed back. And I think that was one of the big calling cards for Michigan was to see how he performed, not only there, but the offseason. And just from the few clips, I mean, we saw on Twitter from our own Greg Biggins, uh, West Coast analyst, recruiting analyst out there, he posted, super, super intriguing. And, man, he throws a really nice ball, I mean, with a lot of zip. And I was kind of shocked, you know, because the whole narrative so far, we've heard at least, haven't seen much is he's a runner, you know, and you watch his highlights even, and you see him at wide receiver. So it's a very tough eval just in the sense of, we don't know how much he can really do, but then you watch him at a, like, again, a lead 11 performance there and he was just killing it. And he's a guy that, like I said, Michigan likes because they've compared him. They talked to him about fitting in as a Lamar Jackson sort of role, but he definitely can spin it. I don't. I think he answered those questions, and it's going to be interesting because he will be coming up on official visit pretty soon here this, this month. This weekend. This weekend. 
And yeah, and you know, eventually, and I know they can work out guys now, and I think that will be something they do with him as well. But yeah, it's one of these, it's recruiting is one of the most interesting storylines of this class, just because I feel like one guy pulls ahead, then another guy pulls ahead, and it just keeps jockeying back and forth, you know? And so it might be first come, first serve, but also at the same time, I think Michigan has some real questions of who do we like the most and who do we push for the, you know, the hardest. And at this point, though, they're kicking the tires with all three. They really like all three. They've offered all three at this point. And at that point, it's who do we think is going to fit our system the best? You know, and at, I like Justin Martin, 6'4", 210, 2'4". He's the highest ranked guy they're recruiting. But you look at Connor Harrell, straight winner. I mean, 42 touchdowns, over 3,500 passing yards, only three interceptions. He won the 7A state, you know, title for Thompson High School, which is one of the top premier high schools in the state of Alabama. So he knows how to get it done. And he's a huge academic kid. If you look at his offer list in the top schools he's considering, Northwestern, Vanderbilt, Duke, all these mm-hmm. top elite schools. So you don't got to worry about, you know, a playbook, at least with him. He's definitely going to understand the vocabulary and terminology of everything that comes with that. So they all have their different, you know, ingredients, their different traits that make them great. It's a matter of who do you think is going to mesh well with this offense, especially with Matt Wise now as the quarterback's coach, which comes from the Ravens. He's going to, like you said, Sam, in several podcasts, incorporate their running attack. So I think still – I like Nate Johnson, especially after seeing those highlights. But again, we'll see who they fit with the best. Yeah, we'll we'll talk to Greg Biggins coming up. But Steve, I, you know, as you watch these guys, and in fairness to our prior podcast, our previous podcast, you know, Nate Johnson's season, the abbreviated season that was moved into the spring, you know, he was up and down. As I look at these guys, though, Steve, I sort of see. I mean, they're they're all different guys, like. The the tremendous athlete, the best athlete of the bunch is Nate Johnson, hands down. I mean, he is a phenomenal. He could be a track guy if he wanted to be. He could be a standout receiver. But he can really spin it. He can really zip the ball, and he was throwing with accuracy. He was throwing with accuracy off platform, like you said in those clips, and I'm sure Greg will speak too. You go to the other end of the spectrum, Justin Martin is more the more the prototype. As far as size, I mean, he's 6'4", he's 210, he has a nice arm. He, there's a little hitch in his, in his throw, but that's the kind of thing that you can work out with a good quarterback's coach. But he, he, but, and he can move. I mean, he's a legit, I think he's, you know, mid 4'6s to 4'7", so he, he has some escapability. And then Connor Harrell is kind of in between. You know, a little, little faster than Justin Martin, but not as fast as Nate Johnson. Better thrower than Nate Johnson, but maybe not quite the thrower uh, as far as overall arm strength is, is Justin Martin. He seems to be that right in-between guy. And as Bryce said, Steve, it makes for a very interesting dynamic for Michigan quarterback recruiting as it, it looks like it's going into hyperdrive now with Justin Martin just being on campus on Monday and Nate Johnson coming to campus over the weekend. So if they get to see, like, it's weird. Like, I, <laughs> I guess I kind of thought of Marlo Stanfield Feels like Michigan's got one of those good problems happening. <laughs> oh, Steve right? Because like this, Steve this Lurie did a one eight. With like, the wire well, we, reference, we we've been talking about quarterback recruiting was kind of up in the air. Now all of a sudden, it looks like one of they, that. It almost feels like they're for sure going to get 
one of these guys, and it really might come down to which one they prefer when they get to see him in a you know in a, in a personal setting, right? We saw you know talk about Justin Martin was on campus yesterday. We assume they'll get to see Nate Johnson in person this weekend. All of a sudden, like it's weird. Quarterback recruiting has turned into something where Mich- yeah, like Michigan's in a pretty decent spot uh, with a couple guys. You know, for a while, we thought it looked like Nate Johnson. It looked inevitable. We would get to June. He would come to campus officially, and he'd probably end up as a part of the class. Then they offer a couple more guys. You think, okay, we talk about the film in his junior season. You know, as a guy, a little up and down. Justin Martin looked great. He picked up a couple other offers. And now all of a sudden you got both, yeah, you got him, both of them on campus within a week's time. Just like I said, it's it feels like a 180 where all of a sudden Michigan might have their quarterback situation figured out by the end of the month or could. And then it's on to 23 with Dante Moore. So sounds like one of them good problems. Steve Larez with a wire reference. That is out. I love Mar- I love Marlo, man. Marlo's best. That's the best character on the show. Ah, hey man. Besides I gotta, Slim, I, besides Slim Charles is best. I don't know. Besides I gotta Slim. go with Omar. Omar was always yo, Omar coming. Omar coming. That was always probably my my favorite guy. I hated to see Omar buy it. But uh Justin Martin, getting back on topic after I was, you know, just taken to a wire place by by Steve. He came to campus uh, and had an outstanding workout. Outstanding workout, uh, as we laid out already. You know, there was some t- <laughs> It's funny how recruiting goes, right? We talk about how different people do crystal balls. So he goes to camp at Ole Miss. And because he camps at Ole Miss, there's a crystal ball out there. It's like, come on. What? And people were on the board like, oh, he's leaning to Ole Miss now. No, he's not. He's not leaning to Ole Miss now. Uh, I think Michigan feels really good about where they are with uh with with Justin Martin. I mean, he he's a guy who is another uh, you know, academic kid. You know, he's committed to Cal. Uh, you know, I think that the the academic piece is very important to him. He also laid out you know, the idea of seeing a guy from Cali be successful. This is where Courtney Morgan has really resonated with him. He said, man, to see a Cali guy be very successful even after football in the state of Michigan means something to me, means that if I wanted to, I could go there and be successful too. So they're hitting the right marks with with Justin. I, I think Michigan has really moved up there. Now, as far as his timeline is concerned, I don't know how these timelines are going to work. I tend to agree with Bryce that it's going to be first come, first serve. Uh, and Nate Johnson is going to have a real opportunity in front of him this weekend. I'll be interested to see if he's really looking to jump on it uh, because I just feel like with, with him, his recruitment, as far as the recent offers are concerned, has been a little more stagnant than Connor Harrell and and um, Justin Martin. Those guys have seen you know, some big offers come through recently. Whereas if you're Nate Johnson and it's been kind of quiet, you know, I wonder if that makes you maybe a little more prone to say, hey, let me go ahead and do something right now. I I don't know, just speculation. We'll talk to Steve. Uh, we'll talk to Greg Biggins about both of those guys coming up. I know Bryce, though, you wanted to touch on, and we will get into this at a, in a in a deeper fashion at a later date. But been a lot of offers going out to young quarterbacks here over the last week or so. Yeah. So Steve taught, you know, touched on it a little. Bryce Underwood. He's a 2025 quarterback going to uh, Belleville High School. 
you, you know, we talk about kids you see at camps that are really impressive. Well, you stand next to Bryce and you're like, there's no way this kid's like a freshman going into high school. This kid looks like he's already, you know, a sophomore in college. I mean, he's physically built, but then you watch him, you're like, okay, he's got some tools, you know, he can do some stuff at quarterback as well. He's not just like, it looks like a linebacker prospect out there. He is like, again, six, four, I want to say he's already 200 pounds. So he's pretty well built, but he can really spin it. He can run and he's going to be playing for a loaded team under coach Corwell. And I think he could potentially help them really push, you know, get over that hump and win that state championship. I think he's that level of good and he could become the Dante Moore of the class of 2025. Another kid they offered in the class of 2025 camped, uh, Ryan Montgomery. Kid out of Finley, Ohio. He's six one. I want to say, 195. Younger brother of Luke uh, Montgomery. He's top 50 overall lineman in the 2023 class. Four-star kid. Uh, Michigan likes him at offensive line. Sharon Moore has been prevalent, really working in that recruitment. And I've been talking to their father, Mike. And he said, listen, I know everyone has us pegged and everyone thinks, you know, Ohio State because we're right there in Buckeyes, you know, country. But we're looking at Michigan pretty strongly. And, again, Michigan, like we said, they know if they want to pull a kid like a stray horn or something like that, you kind of have to jump first. So Michigan was his first offer. They offered yesterday. Matt Wise got to see him. Coach Harbaugh got to see him. And they really didn't like him as well. So they've offered several kids in the class of 2025 and quarterback recruiting for years to come is really, really, really shaping up to be an excellent position. I mean, you look at 2022. So we noted those three. You look at 2023 with Dante Moore, 2024, you have Isaiah Marshall plus CJ Carr, who I saw at the Eastern camp. Freaking fantastic. Yeah. Notre Dame just offered CJ. And he just got that offer as well. Yeah. So he's a kid, I think who, we're talking about rankings. He's going to, I think, be a top 100 prospect. I think he's that good. He's that talented. And now you're looking at class of 2025, and you have a kid right in your own backyard in Belleville, Bryce Underwood, who I think is going to be, again, a Dante Moore stud himself. Could be maybe even like a Devin Gardner, you know, looking quarterback. So really, really impressive pipeline they got of quarterbacks coming up if they can land some of these guys. But Quarterback recruiting for the future looks to be in good hands. Oh, great stuff. We'll use that to segue into our chat with Greg Biggins, who has covered Justin Martin for some time, is just saw Nate Johnson at the Elite 11 camp out in Cali. And, you know, I know Greg said he was wowed by Nate Johnson's performances. And now we are joined by my longtime, my day one man. Over 20 years now, it's hard to believe. I've been knowing this guy. He is one of the best in the business when it comes to breaking down prospects, especially those on the West Coast. Talking about my guy, Greg Biggins. GB, how you doing? I'm good, man. You are definitely a day one. We've been we've been around, man. We've had some fun times together. It's always good. <laughs> not just, you know, not just business. It's a, it's a friendship off the off the field. So absolutely. Always good to catch up, brother. Absolutely. I hear you, man. So Obviously, quarterback recruiting for Michigan is hot and is West Coast focused right now. Uh, and you recently saw and or spoke to two of the highest guys on the board. So let's start with Nate Johnson, a guy who, of all the quarterback recruits they're on right now, they've been on him the longest. And he was maybe the guy 
that some people questioned the most when when they offered him, but it really seemed like at the recent Elite 11 competition that you were at that he kind of lived up to that building that garnered him those offers from like the likes of Michigan, Utah, and Arizona State. Yeah, no doubt. Talked to him on Sunday, and uh, you know he had just coming off just come off his Utah trip. Took an official there. It was a Thursday to Saturday trip, so we can make the Elite 11. And uh, I mean, obviously, he had a little bit of a post visit buzz for the Utes. Likes the fit, and they've been on him even longer than Michigan has. So um, when I brought up Michigan, man, he was pumped. Man, he's excited, and uh, you know, it, it's funny because I, growing up for me, I mean, I know all about Michigan. I, I mean. Getting those probably my favorite fight song, the helmets. It's a traditional power, but I think kids these days, you know, he was kind of like, yeah, I don't know that that much about Michigan right now. I'm trying to learn more about them. I'm thinking to myself, you don't know much about Michigan. I mean, that's like a top five, <laughs> right, national brand. So right. it was interesting, but you know, he loves to fit. Um, he loves the offense. He loves the scheme. Obviously, his family loves the academic side. And I mentioned this in the article, but he kind of said something that is interesting. The coaches are kind of sending him cut ups of Lamar Jackson and him kind of watch side by side, a lot of similar plays that they would run. And I'm thinking it took a second and I'm thinking, okay, why are they talking to Lamar? Like, Oh, you know, John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, there was mm-hmm. that connection there. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I said, Hey, Harbaugh connection. He goes, yeah, exactly. So I'm able to see how they would want to use me kind of similar to how Lamar, who just happens to be one of his favorite quarterbacks, which I'm sure they'd done their research and probably knew that ahead of time. Right. You're not going to do a cut up of a guy who a kid doesn't like that's, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So I think he's, I think he's excited, man. He's uh. He was going to throw, try to throw for UCLA on Thursday, the day before. I don't think that's going to happen right now. He may visit ASU in July. But honestly, I think right now it might just be a two-horse two race with Michigan and Utah, which you probably don't see those two schools compete head-to-head for too many kids. But right now, it looks like those are the two to, two to beat uh, for Nate Johnson. Yeah, it, it makes sense the whole, even more the whole uh, Lamar Jackson thing. The quarterback coach, Matt Weiss, was on that Raven staff just last year for the last few years. He was the running backs coach, now Michigan's quarterbacks coach. So he came in really talking, uh, really going to implement aspects of the Ravens' run game uh, at Michigan. And it you know, it works a lot better if you got Lamar Jackson, right? <laughs> right? He, he helps. Yeah, he helps <laughs> right. a little bit, right? <laughs> right. So, so which gets to kind of the scouting report. I mean, it, you got a lot of schools out there that say, you know, athlete, mm. receiver, going to be yeah. another, going to play another position. Michigan has never looked at him like that, but definitely accentuating his running positives. I'm most curious what you thought of his of his throwing, because it really seemed like that that shine brightly at the Elite 11. I think he's a quarterback. Now, is he a hyper-athletic kid? Absolutely. I mean, shoot, how many kids in the country, you know, run 10-4-9, Sam? I mean, that's that's fast, right? 10-4-9 as a junior. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's going to probably, you know, California's, you know, it's a pretty decent state for athletes. That's going to be a top five time in the state this year. So he can run, saying that, mechanically. He is really, really good, and, and I've seen a lot of ugly balls, ugly mechanics, long <laughs> windups, shot put, Philip Rivers type deals. I've seen a lot of ugly mechanics, a lot of ugly throwing motions, and that's hard to tweak. You know, you talk to any college quarterback coach, and they'll tell you, dude, once we get them, we still have the time to really spend a lot of time tweaking their this and and tightening their release and trying to like they kind of want them to be, you know, when they get to them, pretty buttoned up. That's why you see a lot of quarterbacks who come into college if you're not already, you know pretty mechanically solid those guys just kind of like fall off the wayside when you watch this kid nate 
pretty closely. Man, he's made a huge jump. He's got a private quarterback coach that I know personally. And he does a great job. I've seen a huge jump in everything from his feet to his balance. Um, releases tighter. Uh, he spins the football as well as anybody. Again, you talk to a lot of quarterback coaches. They'll tell you that's a gift from God. Like if you can't spin the football, it just happens to be the way, you know, God kind of designed your, your elbow and your wrist, the way you snap it down. If you can't spin it in high school, you can't spin it in college. If you don't spin it in college, you can't spin it in the NFL. And that, you know, that just kind of carries through. This guy has a natural spin, very, very tight ball, and he's got some dynamite in that elbow. Just talking about him from the camp, he probably had top three arm strength for me okay. at that camp on Sunday. Man, he's got a hose. So is he a little bit raw still? Yeah, he is. You know, he's he's probably going to need at least a redshirt year. And I wouldn't be opposed to, you know, I know this day and age of instant gratification. You want to play right away or even play your second year in the program. I don't have an issue with, with Nate. Maybe even redshirt in the first year, then maybe being a backup the second, learn the offense, learn the system. Not, nothing wrong with that. By his third year, nah, I think he could be ready to go. And oh. I think he's got some gifts. He's got some physical tools that are very, very rare. He got locked in for the Elite 11 later today, which is awesome. He'll be competing with those other 19 kids, 20 total. And I think you're going to see a guy who has a chance to kind of really be a sleeper in this class. Yeah, outstanding. You know, his coach, you mentioned Greg Pinelli. And yep. he, he, yep. Was, he was adamant. Say, look, they're calling him an athlete. He is a quarterback. He mechanically, he, I'm telling you, he's going to be that guy. You know who he compared him to, though? He compared him to Denard. He said he's a lot like Denard Robinson. Denard oh. Robinson could really throw it, but it, it seems like, it sounds like to me that at least mechanically he might be a little bit further along than Denard was coming I in into so. college. At the same stage, I think so. Again, remember, this is a kid, junior in high school, California. Um, you know, we're a little bit nutty out here. We didn't get a lot of football in the fall. We didn't get any football in the fall. We got a five-game spring season. So he kind of missed a lot of that junior year development. So for me to watch him and see, you know, how far he's come without really a full season, that that's uh, – I'm kind of excited about him, dude. I Honestly, I am – I'm all in. And he's a great kid. He works hard, man. He, he's got so much to him that is just so rare that he's an easy guy to root for. Last one on Nate. It just felt like maybe the season – was a little up in the abbreviated season, was a little up and down for, for him. Do you think, does that explain why maybe he hasn't blown up in the way that maybe the talent he showed at Elite 11 kind of suggests he should? 100%. And, and dude, and I talk to quarterback coaches all the time, and, and they'll tell me that what I just said, like if they feel a kid is, is a little bit on the raw side and they have to put in a little extra effort, you know, meaning when they get him, they'll have to coach him up a little bit. They're not super jacked. They want a guy who's already ready so they can just learn the offense, learn the, you know, his system and go. It's just they just don't have time, right? They just don't have time to break a guy down and then build him back up from the feet, the base, your everything, how you throw it. Like you really, if you see a guy that's messed up mechanically, you can't just tweak something. You got almost got to break them all down and then build them right back up. And I think that, you know, with Nate, didn't have, you know, gaudy numbers as a junior. And like I said, I think people – are going to see just the raw athleticism and immediately think, okay, athlete, like you said earlier, right? And so uh, for me, I think you have to be a little outside the box. I think you have to be maybe, I don't want to use the word creative, but I, I think you, you know, it, it blows my mind how so many of these coaches are still really old school in their beliefs. And you kind of have to project. You have to watch a kid and be able to really project how good he can be if he kind of maximizes his ceiling. And I think for me, this kid, 
you know, has a really big ceiling. And another thing, you know, he's only probably six feet. I don't know what we have listed in our in our database. On a good day, I'm five ten and a half, and he probably had an inch and a half on me, if that. So he's five eleven and a half, six feet, right? So again, I think some coaches still are a little nervous about sub six feet quarterbacks, even though we've seen you know guys make it at the next level, not just the college. I mean, the NFL level being sub six feet, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, yeah, they're, they're pretty right good. There. Yeah. yeah, they're not they're not bad at all. Baker Mayfield is a pretty good quarterback, yeah. right? So um, we had Bryce Young, our number one guy, out of high school just two years ago. So I think you have to be. You have to be a little bit, you know, open-minded with Nate, but I think there's a lot there. I think he's definitely worth it for sure. And, and again, he wants to be a quarterback. So just worst case scenario, say he, he doesn't win the job and he loves your school, then then you've got a guy who's a freak athlete who can run 10-4. You know, maybe you, you can always move him. Now, I don't want that to be interpreted as me saying, you know, hey, they should move him. No, I'm saying quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. I'm just saying Worst case scenario, and he's beaten out by a guy in his own class, even by a guy who's a year younger than him, and he loves your school, doesn't want to transfer, then you've got a guy who can be an elite wide receiver, um, corner athleticism. So there's so much you can do with him. Yep, yep. All right, so switching gears to the other Cali guy that Michigan got on a lot more recently, and he he's more of the prototype. 6'4", 210, 215, Justin Martin committed to Cal, but just uh, went on a visit to Michigan. He did not. So I talked to him today. Um, I did the podcast, and I think it's kind of making the rounds. Um, I think that might have been yesterday. So uh, just kind of more more new, updated information that I put on your website, actually. And uh, let me just say, man, rough crowd over there. Uh, <laughs> rough crowd for GV. I, hey, I didn't push Jay Toya anywhere. All right, give me some stuff. I love your board, man. It was all fun, and I had a good. I, you, you got a you got a great board, but. Um, so Justin visited on Monday, and you know he really loved it, man. He was very complimentary of, of Coach Harbaugh. Said, "Man, you can tell he loves football, man. You can tell this guy's intense." But he had a smile, and he, he loves the coach. He loves to. He loved being out there with him. Uh, he, you know, again, you, you come out with there. He came out with this with one of his parents. I think it was his dad. So obviously they got to do a little bit, of, a little bit of an academic tour as well. And so that was impressive for them. They they liked the campus. They they liked everything about it. He said he they, he said he felt really good about how he threw it. And, I saw him at the Clarkson retreat the last weekend where he actually got the offer. And, uh, you know, he threw it well there. He said, man, he's feeling really confident right now. And he said after the after his, you know, his uh, little workout Monday with the, with the Wolverine staff, he said the coaches pulled him aside and said, dude, man, we, we like you even more now than when we first offered you. So I think they're going to – you know, it, it's, always, it's always interesting when you have two or three quarterbacks that you've offered – you know what I'm saying? Like, who do you go harder after? Who do you mm-hmm. prioritize? You, there's always going to be a pecking order. There's always going to be a one, a two, and a three. And it's always, you always got to be, you know, it, what you, you go push hard. What if your number three guy wants to come right now? You take him before your number one guy even has a chance to decide. So it, it'll be interesting to see how they kind of manage. Now I think with Justin, you know, he also visited Ole Miss and Michigan State the day before Michigan. And he still committed to Cal. I asked him, hey, you going to go back to Michigan? and Old Miss for official trips later on in the year. And he said, you know, that's something he needs to decide with his family. He still needs to figure that out. He's got a Cal visit in two weeks. So we shall see. I think as of right now, you know, he said he's still feeling good about Cal. Of course he's going to say that, right? He's, no one's going to say, oh, I right. don't like the school I'm committed to. That's just, no <laughs> right. one's going to do that. So I think if he takes a second visit to Michigan, then now now we're talking. So what about his game? You said you watched him throw mm-hmm. at the Clarkson. Kind of break down. His game, where he is, and his development. What is what is he like mechanically? So him and Malik Murphy are very similar. They both actually were at Sarah High School together, and 
they're both and I'll I'll just talk about Justin by himself. Man, you you watch him on air and you just he's just beautiful looking quarterback. Man, he's all of six four. He's got a small forward basketball body to him, man. He's his release mechanics are strong. He's got a super live arm. He's a hyper athletic kid. I've watched him play basketball, man. He can run and dunk. And his biggest issue is confidence. Mm. Something something happens when the pads come on. Now, again, he's a little bit of a, a late bloomer. He was at I mentioned Sarah. He was actually the number three guy behind Malik and another quarterback uh, who ended up going to UNLV two years ago. So as a sophomore, he didn't get any any action at all. Uh, went to Inglewood this past year. And again, we had the five games and he struggled pretty badly until I want to say the last game of the year. He had like eight touchdowns. Right. Was a California record. Right. So right. I just think with him, great kid just needs to kind of. You know, just needs to believe in himself a little bit more. I think sometimes the speed of the game gets him. You know, I, I, even when you watch him in seven on seven with no lineman coming after you, I think sometimes he doesn't process as quickly as you want him to. Uh, sometimes I think you can tell he's decided before the play where he's going to go with the football. Because you'll, you'll watch him throw a deep ball and the triple coverage, and you're going, why in the world would you make that read? And you, you can just tell he had already decided, okay, I'm throwing it to this guy no matter what, right? So with him, I, I think it's just – processing the game, understanding, hey, it's not about how far you throw it. It's about completing passes and just being more confident. Talking to his quarterback coach, Danny Hernandez, and he's like, sometimes I want to shake him because he's so good. But yet, like, you can just tell me he doesn't have the, a, a lot of self-esteem in his ability just yet. And that's why he gets nervous. And sometimes you'll, you'll see him panic and not make those quick decisions because he doesn't trust himself. Mm. You got you got to trust yourself. And so I think that's where he's at right now. And so hopefully his confidence is building because – and he's again talk about physical gifts. With six four, with that body, with that arm, with that ability to move around. I mean, he has an NFL upside. But for me, again, talk to any quarterback coach, man. It's not just about how far you throw it. it you know, so much about being a quarterback. You can even say ninety percent is shoulders and above, right? It's it's what's in your head and how fast you can you know you can get to the line of scrimmage and change of protection, change of coverage, audible to this. Like so much of that, man. You got to be quick. You got two seconds to make a decision. So. Justin, if he can ever pick that up, which he's a smart kid, he's a, he's a book smart kid. So if he can, you know, get that football sense to him, I think he's got a chance to be really good. Hey man, it's funny that you mentioned the confidence thing uh, because I obviously don't know him like like you do. But the thing that struck me that was super confident was I said, you know, how do you feel about a five star quarterback being in the class ahead of you? I'm sure other schools are going to say that to you about Michigan with JJ McCarthy here. And his response to me was, well, what school do you know? skips a year taking a quarterback and I said well none he said so basically I'm gonna have to compete with the quarterback ahead of me wherever I go right I'm gonna have to compete with a quarterback behind me wherever I go right so anywhere I go I'm gonna have to compete and I'm not afraid I was like okay that's that's pretty doggone confident which is obviously different than what you're saying when the pads are on and the bullets are live <laughs> yeah you know something kind of happens but it, I just yeah. find that kind of interesting I mean this that's the kind of guy, if you're a coach, man, you want a guy to think like that coming in. Like, I don't care who else is there. You know, I'm going to go compete. You do. You, you you do want that. And you just kind of hope it's authentic, right? Because, again, it, it's it's kind of the, the same thing, you know, asking a kid who's committed, hey, are you still committed? Yeah, I'm solid. You know, when you ask a kid if he's afraid of competition, have you ever interviewed a guy, Sam, where he said, <laughs> dude, I'm scared to death of no, that guy. No, he's so I haven't much heard, than I am. I haven't heard <laughs> that, but I have heard a kid say depth chart is important. I have heard a kid say, "I wanna, I wanna start right away." Yeah, you know, I, I, I have heard that. Chart, 
I think honestly, I think depth chart is important to to almost everybody. It's just maybe some will be more vocal about it. I'm not even talking about Justin. I'm just saying in in my interaction, and I know you know you've you've had the same. Um, you know, some people can you know can can say it uh, you know publicly, but privately, I, I I do think with the guy like Justin, I do think that uh, you know he wants to go somewhere and play. Now, here's the good thing about Justin: he's very self-aware. And I've talked to him and I've talked to, you know, some of his some of his coaches at Inglewood. And, you know, we said the best thing for Justin, because he's, dude, he's only played five games of football, right? The best thing for him would be to go into a situation and not have to play right away. In fact, I, he, I don't think he should. And I don't know if he is ready. Go somewhere, red shirt. And then honestly, I think a second year, like I said with Nate, I think with Justin, a second year in the system would be great. So if you have a five star in front of you. That not only does that give you some separation, but when you do get out there, you're not overwhelmed. I think for me, Justin needs at least two years in college before he's ready to hit the field and be successful. Because when you want to, when he hits the field, you want him to hit the field being successful. You want him to get, you know, just man. I've seen kids who just play too early and they get ruined, right? And then they're done, and and you, you kind of played. And that's I think all, that's all sports. Uh, you you want him to go out there when they're 100 percent ready to go. And so give me Justin for two years. Red shirt, sit, and then be ready to go by his third year in the program. And I think that's the recipe for success for him. Terrific stuff. I expect nothing less from my guy, GB. So, as always, dude, it's been a real pleasure. Can't wait till at some point, some point in the next few months or maybe even around the All-American Games, we'll get together again, man. I can't wait. I can't wait, dude. It's always a great time, man. I always got stories to tell my friends. Hey, I hung out with Sam Webb last night. That's always a great time. Always. So, yeah, man. Thanks for having me, dude. I'll talk to you soon for sure. Yeah, those stories are for the podcast, GB. Just definitely not. Definitely not. They're not always. They're not always G-rated. But right. you know what? End of the day, it's uh, it's still good. It's all good. <laughs> all right, GB. Appreciate yeah, you, you, man. Yeah, right, you too, thanks. man. See ya. And that was Greg Biggins. Great to have GB on. Terrific insight into two of the quarterbacks that are on Michigan's board. And if you are looking at you know, a quarterback dynamic moving forward, the idea that you can take a couple of guys, both guys are, are developmental guys. You can maybe even see a Connor Harrell like that, too, that you can put them in the incubator a bit. They don't have to be ready right away. Now, the important thing is that that's their mindset, too, which remains to be seen. But if it is, what an ideal scenario, especially if they can offer a counter kind of a you know an alternative uh a guy who can come in and add some athleticism behind center and for some of those packages maybe be a package guy initially that would be an ideal scenario for those guys as far as their you know respective developments are concerned here as long as their mindsets kind of call for it but as you heard uh justin martin coming off a visit to michigan if you missed that story that's on the michiganinsider.com of course, Nate Johnson coming on his visit this coming weekend. We will have all kinds of details on that after the visit as we have been all over those guys, all the visitors, huge visit weekend coming up, Miles Pollard, um, you know, many more to come, as well as more camp action as well. So be sure to keep it locked on the MichiganInsider.com. If you are not a member and you want to stay up to date on all the inside intel, football and basketball recruiting, which you just put up a story on Ty Rogers, the four-star forward, who took his official visit to Michigan last week, and then Jaden Bradley, the number two point guard in the country, 
We have an update five-star coming on him as well. So be on the lookout for that uh, in the days to come. We're going to do a special podcast, a special Basketball Insider podcast featuring him as well. So if you aren't a member of the MichiganInsider.com, you can get joined up now, and you can do so for a dollar your first month. You cannot beat that deal over on the MichiganInsider.com. You know what I say about this podcast. If you like it, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. They can find it wherever they get their podcasts, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. And, of course, that will do it for this week's edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.